Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this episode, we're going to be talking about what we saw in May. A lot of changes for us in May. Some of us um, moved, got a new job. Others mm. unlocked the Darth Maul skin in Fortnite. Mm. Um, and, and quite frankly, I don't know which one's more important. Um, hmm. I'm leaning okay. towards Darth Maul skin. I mean, you're onto something. You'll have that forever. You, you'll you'll have that skin longer than I'll have this apartment. So I, I really think that maybe you made more moves in this past month than I did. It's it's possible. That's all. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That's a, absolute another killer joke from David. Got hmm. just off the top rope. So we're going to be talking about our best and worst first watches. We're going to be talking about movies that are good and movies that are not good. Stinky. And you're going to get to listen to it. Doo-doo. Well, what better way to spend your Memorial Day weekend than listening to us? Very few people get that privilege, but you guys do. So mm. congratulations. Mm-hmm. For sure. David, let's, let's, let's dive into it after this beautiful musical interlude. Let's do it. David, I'm going to say something that a lot of people say. Um, I'm going to ask a question, I guess, a lot of people ask. You want to start with the, the good or the bad? That's that's really all I the decision we need on this podcast. I, let's start with the bad. You know what I mean? Who are we kidding? Yeah, let's end on a high note. Let's start with the bad. David, you, you presumably saw, I think you actually saw more movies so far this month than I have. Um, you've been you've been out there crushing it. You you've been just killing it in the letterbox game. I see you logging all the time. Honestly, thirty four jealous. Whenever thirty four entries is what on. I got. Yeah, yeah, you're way more than me. Sometimes I get jealous when I hop on Letterboxd. You know, at, at lunch I'm like, damn, David. David's already watched a movie today. Like, <laughs> go off, King. Um, so, what was yep. the worst one that you saw though? Out of those thirty four, what was the bottom of the barrel? Looking at my list, I gotta go with a 2007 Xavier Gins Jens directed movie, Hitman. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. Hitman's not good. Yeah, why? Why did you not like this film, David? How do I put it? It wasn't good. Um... It, in in the way that a movie is supposed to. To be good, it was not that. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It just kind of felt like a copy and paste of every like military or agency movie that I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like he's double crossed by a secret organization he works for. So like, okay, cool. A lot of movies do that. Now what? Well, it wasn't good enough for me to like, ignore something that's always done in movies. You know what I mean? Like, and so, um, you know, I didn't know Timothy Oliphant. I say his last name, Aldi Fant, maybe. Okay. Didn't know he was the main character. I didn't even recognize him on the cover. And then when I saw him, I was like, oh, okay. So he's, you know, probably a B-list actor. He's pretty, he's kind of known, but uh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it it wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't like, I can't like finish this movie bad. You know, some of those, sometimes you get like a bad movie and you kind of like make fun of it, like almost enjoy it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it just wasn't for me. It wasn't what I was expecting. I thought for some reason it was like 
first movie was like pretty decent and it kind of dropped off, but I must have maybe mixed up my movie movies or, or something because this was not necessarily the case. So, um, should just, I guess, give some context for the listeners, uh, and maybe even you, David. I don't know if you knew this going in, but this is a video game adaptation. Um, and if you know anything about video game adaptations in Hollywood, it's that they're pretty much by rule in movie format at the very least at this point, always terrible. Um, there's very few that are even passable. And I'm, I, would we count the super Mario bros? One is the best one. I haven't seen that film yet. You have. Um, but even, even saying that that's a movie that while it's going to make a quadrillion dollars at the box office, it's not like blowing people away. People are not coming back and being like, this is the best animated movie of the decade. So mm-hmm. this is um, Hitman is based on a, a series of games that follows around one agent known as Agent 47. It's an open world kind of assassination game where you can choose the way you take out targets. And they're, you essentially get re- rewarded for creativity. Um, the problem is, is that the character in the game is, by design, supposed to just be like a blank canvas, right? Because he's supposed to try to assume any identity and be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you an interesting movie character, that the, that you don't have character traits. That's like his character. And so this movie just doesn't work. And they then made a sequel that also doesn't work. With different just, actors, it, it yeah, and it, it, it's just it's it's not good. Um, and yeah, the barcode is like a, a a weird like flourish from the game that's supposed to be have some deeper meaning. I, I haven't I haven't really played all the games. I've just played one. Um, but yeah, this movie's bad. I remember seeing this. This was an FX movie. We talk about this a lot. Um, mm. Like a movie that was on FX. And I remember watching it when I was like 10 and being like, oh, I love this movie because he's got two pistols. And that's <laughs> sick, dude. But it's not. It's just, it's not good. It's just boring. It's pretty boring. Yeah. It was actually, you mentioned, it's funny. I watched another video game adapted movie uh, last week. I watched Dread. So. I guess I just I'm hitting those on action. I guess all these video game adaptations. Dread's a video game. I didn't even know that. Oh, I thought it was. I could be wrong. It might be. Uh, I thought it was. I know it's a comic book. I didn't know if it was a video game. Dread. The, are you talking? About, you're talking about the Carl Urban one, not the Sylvester Stallone one, correct? Correct. Correct. That, that movie's actually pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was decent. It was intense, dude. And I was like, wow, this is a lot more intense than than what I thought it'd be. Which I think, actually, that's an interesting point that you bring up, but maybe a way to segue this or talk a little bit more about Hitman, is that I, I don't, I, last time I saw this, which admittedly has been probably seven or eight years ago, so I don't remember it super well, but this movie just doesn't have a style. Like, a movie like Dread has a style. It's very unique mm-hmm. visually, and you can tell what the filmmaker is trying to do, even if you don't appreciate the slow-mo or things of that nature. Um, you know that there's a style. Hitman just felt like the most basic like action film. Like there's no like yeah. any, there's nothing stylized about this. This nothing is just bland. A, like, a copy and paste action movie. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. 
And again, like you mentioned that it's tough based on what this main character is in the video games. Like how do you turn that into an interesting and like a watchable main character in a movie, you know, where mm-hmm. the audience is going to want to watch or pay attention to this guy. Cause it's not, it's not easy. So. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, we have these movies where guys are, are blank canvases, right? That's, that's almost the born trilogy itself. I'm saying trilogy. Cause I don't count whatever the heck the, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne movie is, which I think is, isn't that movie just called Jason Bourne, right? Yeah. Am I wrong about that? I think so. I think yeah. so. I love when they do that, when they just, the fourth film in the franchise, they just title, I'm not making any sense as a sequel at all. But that is a movie where Jason, Jason Bourne is essentially uh, a blank canvas because he has no idea who he is, right? And he's supposed to try to determine his real identity and, unravel what's going on at Treadstone and all that. And these movie, this movie came out around the time when those movies were really popular. Hmm. But there is something, first of all, it's Matt Damon, which helps, right? But there's also something there, even though he doesn't himself really know his identity, you can still see his character come out in aspects of the movie, his relationship with the people that he meets, even the people that are hunting him down, right? And he seemed trying to reckon with all of that stuff and reckon with the fact that he is a, just a world-renowned assassin. Hitman is not concerned with any of those questions. Hitman is just like, mm-hmm. isn't it cool that this guy has two pistols and two silencers on those pistols and they go <laughs> whenever he shoots? Yeah. And at 10, I was like, sick. Yeah, that is, you're right. That's cool. Uh, now it's just, eh. Because you know? we've we've seen 007 movies, we've seen Tom Cruise Mission Impossible, we've seen Jason Bourne, we've seen, um, oh my gosh, Russo Brothers movie that just came out with Ryan Gosling. Like that's very similar agent style movie uh, on Netflix. I can't remember the title of it, but that was mm-hmm. also kind of like a, this is like every other action spy movie that we've seen. You know, um, what is so, what is the name of that movie? We already forgot about it. Yeah, what, because we both didn't like it because it wasn't good. Uh, oh my goodness, golly. what in the world? Why can I not think of it? I'm trying not to look it up. Wow, this is so sad how forgettable that film was. David, I don't know, speaking of that, um, just because I remember that Chris Evans was in that film, have you seen trailers or anything for this new Apple TV Plus movie, Ghosted, with Ana de Armas? It looks terrible. I have not seen it, but I watched the two-minute trailer thinking, oh, God, this will at least be, like, fun. The trailer looked terrible. Like, the the whole movie looks garbage. Ana de Armas is wearing one of the most – one of the worst-looking wigs I've ever seen in a film. Like, her hair is just bad. Yeah. Honestly, the movie poster looked like it was made in 2007 on PowerPoint. (laughs) As soon as I saw the movie poster, I was like, nah, nah, I'm not sold. Sorry. So Yeah, that's definitely a, you know how sometimes a a movie comes out on a streaming service you don't have and you're like, I'll get a free trial so I can, just so I can watch that and then I'll watch whatever else is on the service. That is not a free trial movie at all. There is no way I would waste a free trial just trying to watch. I think that movie's called, I want to say that movie's called Ghosted. Ghosted. Yep. Right here. Okay. Yeah. It's a 2.3 right now. No, that's, yeah, that's bad. Our old old faithful Sean Finnessy gave it a one out of five. (laughs) 
Yeah. So he, he did, did not enjoy it. it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, t- let me just to help to help your brain out. I, this movie seems kind of gray to me. The Gray Man. Oh yeah. gosh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I just erased that from my memory. Because remember how we were like kind of excited about that because we saw oh, yeah. the budget and we saw who was involved and then they we just got our hopes up. came out. They they were like running ads for it on was that the NBA Finals last year? Because it came out last summer. They're running ads for it, and I was like, "Oh, sick! The Gray Man. It's Friday. It's out. Let's go. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it after work." And I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, that was bad. Wow, that wasn't good." Yeah, I got my hopes up very much so, and <laughs> I mean, hey, it wasn't like but, bad, but I was like, with my expectations, it was far below what I thought it would be. But did you hear that Arnold Schwarzenegger is now going to be the chief action officer at Netflix? No, I did see that yeah. he's never going to retire. Well. I mean, fair enough. He's like, why would I retire if I do something I love? You don't see... I have to look this up because I may have just got got with an Onion article. Classic. But I don't, I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure like they were at... Yeah, this was being reported by Deadline. Yeah, Netflix hires Arnold Schwarzenegger as chief action officer. What does that even um, mean? I don't know. Um, I think that he is like supposed to be the czar for their like action films going forward, which um, quite frankly, as a person who is, you know, a a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger and and Mm -hmm. many of his movies, do I want that guy making decisions? Those movies, I, I, that was never his strength. Can I make an honest comment about old Arnold? Yeah. No, please. This is a safe space, David. The only reason that man is still acting in 2023 is because Terminator 1 and 2 was so successful. Oh, uh, yeah. If I Terminator mean, 1 yes. and 2 never comes out, we'd never hear of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because he, he's he never built. done a good movie since. Okay, well... I could be wrong, that, but what I'm thinking of right now... you're incorrect. Because have you ever heard of a little Expendables? film called... No, no. <laughs> have you ever heard of a little film called True Lies, David? Wait, that might be on my watch list. Is there like a grenade on the front cover? Ah, uh, yes. James yeah, Cameron, I've, I've Arnold been Schwarzenegger. To, I've been wanting okay. to watch this, well, so I've not you, seen it. I, I would say your statement has been stricken from the record until you can watch True Lies. Also, come on. I guess Predator, Predator is a fun. The yeah, that's Predator like, good. Total Recall is also good. Um, yeah, outside of that, uh, yeah, there's I mean, not escape a lot. plan. No, I'm kidding. Oh yeah, big escape plan guy. Are you? What about escape plan two? How how you feeling about that? Good. Again, saw that on FX, and I was like, I don't know about this one. Yeah, that's bad. David, uh, would you like to give to the the worst movie that I have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. seen for the first time. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, or no? We weren't lucky. No, um, I actually think that this movie would have been maybe the best movie I've ever seen if Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it as the main character. Um, mm. And before I even tell you what movie this is, which if you looked at my diary, it's it's very easy to tell because I watched a half star film this past. I'm doing it right now, guys. Um, you, you know what group of people that I don't care about their problems that they're inconvenienced by their you know physical features. You know what group of people I don't care about? Short people. Mm, see, that's where you're wrong. It's actually tall people. The opposite. The opposite. Okay, and okay. I. What what I can tell you with absolute certainty about me 
is that I don't care if you're too tall to fit in something, if you have to crouch when you go through doorways, anything related to, oh, I'm too tall, this is uncomfy. Yeah, I just don't care. I'm, I'm out here not giving a crap about that. Um, and Tall Girl 2, so not even the first one, which I have also seen. I have um, yet to finish Akira Kurosawa's filmography, but I have seen both Tall Girls. Uh, Tall Girl 2 is a movie about... Wait. Uh, Why did yet you another watch movie. Tall Girl Two? What is this? Because I've seen Tall Girl One. This was so. Nathan, it is a one point four on Letterbox by seven thousand <laughs> yes, people. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my friend Paris who um, was like, "Let's watch a movie after we." So we watched Gone Girl and Tall Girl Two back to back in the same night. Um, I mean, the same. And, and let me tell you, two two vastly different films in terms of quality. Uh, we wanted to watch Tall Girl 2 because we wanted to watch something that was going to be terrible so we could make fun of it. And then at about 45 minutes, the movie um, was so offensively bad that it wasn't even fun to make fun of it anymore. And it was just like a chore. Every three minutes, we were checking um, to see how much time was left. Oh, just, that sucks. Just clicking, the, just clicking the up button on the remote and being like, how you're telling me we have 38 minutes left? That's not, there's no That's way. rough. It's, this is possible. So let me let me explain um, Tall Girl Two, um, a movie that you may may want to steer clear of. Um, so uh, Jody Craman is the name of this. Um, I'm assuming Craman Ichabod Crane reference. Maybe I don't know if we're doing that. Um, played by Ava Michelle, who I was informed while watching this film that this this um, actress was formerly on the show Dance Moms. Mm. Um, which is not a thing that I have, I have partaken in, but yeah, if uh, I remember right, she was in the third season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I read her bio. I'm kidding. I did not watch that. I did not watch that, that series. I'm thinking that, yeah, that was a cover. <laughs> David, David's actually seen every episode of Dance. More power to you if you like Dance Moms. Twice. I think that's the one where the the um the, the crazy teacher lady is just really mean, like Gordon Ramsay of dance. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, hmm. um. She she became popular and overcame her fear of dating a short guy in the first movie. Um, and then there's miscommunications surround her. And now she, quote, really needs to stand tall. Cringe. So this is essentially like a, just a second rom-com where you know how in, in the – if they make a sequel to a rom-com, which I don't know why they ever do. And the first one, it's always like, oh, will they, won't they? And then they finally will. And then the second one is like, oh, what if they break up, but then they don't because they're actually meant to be together. That's what this is. It's got some of the worst performances I've ever seen in a film. Um, Steve Zahn is in this for just most assuredly a paycheck. Um, I, I cannot imagine a world in which he needed this film that bad so is angela yeah. from the office uh she's also in it and just polite um she might be in the first one i don't remember i think i had the first one the memory surgically removed from my brain guys this movie's mm -hmm. terrible and like this girl does so so the meme from the first tall girl was like the trailer when she's like you think your life's hard um try wearing like 12 size 12 nikes um, which is 
at just an admittedly very bad take by her. In this movie, she's like, my life is hard because I'm tall um, and I want to be in the play, but I'm tall. Nathan, tall people are people too. Yeah, I realize it. Um, <laughs> and they can they can keep that the issue of I am too tall to themselves. I can assure you that whenever we see our, our dear friend, Zach, this weekend, and Zach complains at all about being too tall to maybe sit in a car comfortably or too tall to lay down in a bed in the, in the Airbnb that we have rented, I will slap the taste so far out of his mouth that it will travel back to Iowa. Because wow. I just, I have no patience for that. Um, and I have no patience for the yeah. main character in this film. There's no, this isn't even like, you can't even hate watch this, guys. It's, it, I'm telling you, it was so bad that it just wasn't fun. Like it, it, it got to the point where it literally just stopped being fun because there's only so many times you can make fun of the girl who continually says stuff like, I know other people might have it hard, but I'm really tall. Uh, I don't know what your problem. We're in a two, three zone. Okay. Get the center. Like, I, what is your problem? I just don't. And she's not even like obscenely tall. She's like six one, I think. And so mm. like, that is tall for a woman. Uh, yes. But she's not like eight feet. Like they make clothes that fit people yeah. that tall. The entire WNBA is as tall, if not taller. I looked this up while I was watching the film. Uh, Caitlin Clark is taller than her. You know what Caitlin Clark doesn't do? Complain about being tall. You know what she does do? Get buckets. So maybe get some buckets. Come on. All right? Because we don't need this. So, yeah. And I don't Bro, know who someone... wrote it, um, but I, I, you, you probably, I'm saying this is a person who also doesn't write movies. Maybe you should join me in, in the not writing of films. Someone reviewed, finally someone understands the pain that I feel as a 5'6 woman. I'm so tall. Help. <laughs> Hey, five sure, six. Sure, that's tall. a joke. Five six is pretty. It's pretty up there, David. I don't know if you bro, know. you want to five six. Wanna... Five six is the new five eight, Ooh. and that's practically six foot. Some are saying. By the way, Sam Wolfson wrote this movie, and there are three under. There, I don't know if Sam is a boy or a girl, but tall girl, tall girl tour, tall girl two, and Jewtopia. Like 2012. Yes, you heard like, me right. Jewtopia. Yes, two star. It's actually highly. It's higher rated than than uh, Tall Girl. Both of the Tall Girls. Wait, 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 wait. David Smitten, see... smitten with a Jewish woman. A Gentile asks his Jewish pal to advise him on how to act like a member of the community. Do do we refer? to non-Jewish people as Gentiles in the 21st century? Apparently, Jewtopia does. <laughs> that's that's wild. That's a okay. wild piece of information. Are it's there famous people cast... in this? It's going to make me sad. It's like B and C. It's probably like C-list actors, which is even... I'm, I'm impressed. Ivan Sergei, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt is in this? Yep. You have... Uh, Joel David Moore, who, as we know, is in both Avatar movies and a handful of others. Um, John Lovitz is in this film. Lynn Sigler. Not, I don't know, you know, as you keep going, but even I'm impressed that even these people are in it. 
Yeah, I. <laughs> um, I have. I now, now to be fair, I have not seen Jutopia. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have scores, and I do mean scores of fantastic films about Jewish people, written by Jewish people. I would venture to say that probably this isn't among the upper echelon. It's true. Well, likely. You know what is impressive? Uh, I Props to the directors in this movie. Both, they're different, one and two. They managed to get the exact same rating between both movies, which is impressive. Like that's, that's... Yeah, con- consistency is really key. Honestly. Uh, also, I, I've been I've been hating on the um the uh the main character in this the the aforementioned tall girl. Um I can't wait for tall girl three even taller. But um She's seven her, feet tall. <laughs> her boyfriend in this, um pray uh, the 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 boyfriend in this film that is the short guy is one of the most annoying film characters ever. I mean he <laughs> sucks. He's the worst. He, I, I, there's no redeeming qualities about him, and I don't know why she's dating him at all. Um, and yeah, so, but he carries around a milk crate, um, to, to stand on so he can kiss her. That's kind of cringe. Kind, David. It is cringe. If you were, if you were to just verbalize the amount of time something cringe happens on screen in this film, your tongue would fall out of your face. Wow. So, just keep keep that in mind. All right, let's can we can we talk about things that are good now? Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. All right. Can you hit us up with what was the best thing that you saw in May? Question. A little bit of a clarific a clarification question. It's Tongue the question. first. It's something you saw for the first time. I swear, if you say no, 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 I'm gonna come through. The Although I did screen. watch The Dark Knight and I thoroughly enjoyed it, but moving on, we. Both watched this movie, and we've already kind of talked about it. I will not be talking about the film that we watched together, so you are all good to go. Okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and mention it Um, because I think it's I've kept it at its rating for now, and that that may change on every watch. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three been out for a month now, or has it just been three weeks? Um, I think I think it's been two or three weeks because we just couple weekends ago the third weekend because my first weekend in kansas city we watched that second third four maybe this yeah it's been three weeks it'll be four weeks this weekend i believe okay so really it's not been out long uh james gunn's james gunn's final movie uh with the guardians and also just in the mcu as a whole um it's it's doing pretty well um so far um let me get to it. Uh, so far, worldwide, it's grossed six hundred and sixty-four million dollars. Budget was an estimated two hundred fifty. So it's, you know, well made over three times, um, or almost three times um, what it spent roughly, and that's probably gonna only go up. Um, although, well, we can get to that later. Just y- you guys have heard about Guardians of the Galaxy three, um, the final film in this trilogy, and uh, what Nathan and I have ex- talked about just a really, really just nice bow on this, uh, on the top of this little present of a trilogy that we got. We really liked it. Um, really Mm -hmm. fun, but also really intense. Um, one of the more intense, probably emotionally and 
one of the more intense movies um, MCU has put out. Um, Infinity War might, Endgame might be up there, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy might be number one. But um, really, really good yeah. movie. Um, specifically, just performances. Uh, Chris Pratt, I think this was his best Guardians movie. He was in his bag, yeah. um, acted very, very well. Um, and it's funny because he wasn't really the main character per se. He kind of always is in these movies, but really it was Bradley Cooper's uh, Rocket who kind of is the main character and um, did well uh, as well. And then, you know, not to be forgotten, Chuck Woody Awuji. I looks like I said that okay. He is the, the high evolutionary uh, in this movie and dude was in his bag. Um, I was very, very impressed with this performance. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, honestly, like, I know there's some baggage mentioned in this name too, but the last couple movies, we've had some, we've had some really good villains with this and then with Jonathan Majors, like, kind of out of nowhere. Like, they've given us two, like, rock star performances as, as a villain. And is that kind of nice to see? Because I feel like we've kind of lacked that maybe since Thanos. Yeah, well, and the MCU's always kind of had this uh, villain problem, right? Um, even the successful marvel movies sometimes the villain is is pretty lackluster and i would i would argue that my favorite marvel movie uh, guardians of the galaxy has a pretty pretty b-tier villain in in ronan yeah. the accuser not a very memorable villain um and so yeah i think it's it's refreshing that they're spending more time developing these characters and and trying to make you hate the villain not even like giving them because I think one thing that I don't like is the thought that everybody has to have a redemption arc, which is one of the reasons mm. not to, sorry to belabor the point here, but the fast and furious franchise is stupid. And that's because in this movie, which David, I know, I don't think you've seen any past seven, I believe. So this is going to be news to you. Okay. But in this film, we learn that, the, and I only know this because I've read an article about it, not because I've seen the movie. I'm not going to get my money to that franchise. Um, that Charlize Theron's villain from the last two Fast and Furious films is now on the side of the heroes again, which is the same thing that happened with Jason Statham's villain, John Cena's villain, uh, Luke Evans's villain, and you could maybe argue The Rock's villain, although Fast Five, I don't know The Rock is really the villain. So each of the last four installments in this franchise, they've just taken the villain from the previous movie and gone, yeah, we're going to forgive all the horrible stuff that you did, and you're going to now be with the good guys. And that's stupid. And I like that the high evolutionary in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was not a redeemable character. There no. was nothing about he him actually pushed that he into wanted it. to like. Yeah, he was Went crazy a bastard until the bitter end and was awful until the bitter end. And I enjoyed that. I thought it was refreshing to just give me a person I can hate on screen. I know that sometimes we want to make villains nuanced. And yes, many of the great films have nuanced villains. Sometimes, though, it's nice to not have one with nuance. Sometimes it's nice to have one that you just hate because they suck. Yeah. And that's what we got with the High Illusionary. Well, and, and you know, and sometimes, not even with villains, but you're like, oh, here we go. Their last scene of this film and they know it. So they're just, you know, putting everything into it and maybe too much, but I think it worked in this case. Cause in that last scene, he's like screaming and like spitting and strained and like, I made you, I am your God. I own like just, he's going for it. And I think he got there. I think he achieved it. Cause I mean, it's, it's like, 
you're almost like speechless because he's just like like this dude is evil like the it, it like you said there's no redemption uh he is actually even a little crazier um driven more mad um and uh yeah it, it was really really good um and a cool final shot on that too uh, i won't say much about it because obviously maybe some people haven't seen it but yeah really mm-hmm. enjoyed it nathan i know you really really enjoyed it um it's mm-hmm. in both of our at the very least top eight in our mcu uh rankings and it probably is going to stay in that top 10 area because yeah we both visually it was good um musically it's always good um and something else we talked about like there really was no one star like even nebula's performance kind of was karen gillen actually maybe her best performance too and dave bautista is always good and mantis kind of had the most i mean she was just introduced last movie but like she had she some was kind of the emotional this, anchor for this. Yeah, like in a lot of ways, it's like everyone's kind of getting, kind of getting a say and and you know and and doing well. So yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Um, so I, I want to rewatch this. This will be something as soon as it drops on Disney Plus. I'm like, okay, I want to rewatch this. You know, what is stuff I missed? What are some extra thoughts? So yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. David, I, I before we move on, I asked you this question when we recorded our pod about Guardians of the Galaxy, right? right after we watched it together. Uh, I'm going to ask it again and see if maybe your answer is different or the same. Do you think this is a signal that the MCU and maybe even superhero movies in general are back after some outside of the Batman, I would say lackluster reception for the genre as a whole since Endgame, not just MCU movies, but as a whole, do you think guardians of the galaxy three signals that it was not necessarily superhero fatigue, but just bad films? Or do you think it's just an anomaly because it's an established franchise that we already care about the characters? I want to say yes to both. And I think, I think this could be an anomaly. James Gunn is not, he is an outlier in these kind of directors in the MCU. He's his own, kind of has his own thing and has been able to do his own thing with a little bit of control, but not nearly um, as much control as we've heard and seen as other directors, you know, have felt from Kevin Feige and stuff. But I also think there's something to be said, like it's just a good movie. Um, I think there might be fatigue, but if every MCU movie that's been put out has been this quality, I don't think there's fatigue, even with all this content. Like, you know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of jump a question back to you. If everything has been this quality, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 3, and television-wise, low-key quality, do you think anybody's complaining? If, like, every single movie and TV show has just been, like, I mean, at least a 7.5 out of 10? Um, or do you think people are still, like, okay, I don't want to watch I this? Think, or... I think that as a rule, um, n- no, right? Everybody would be fine um with with what would be going on i would say the general public but i think we do get to the fatigue point and this is mostly just an mcu thing and not necessarily a dc thing because quite frankly there haven't been enough movies and content released to to be fatigued Mm -hmm. um because it seems like their stuff is more spread out i i think people are just exhausted and they're exhausted by the fact that you have to watch 11 things before you can watch this film and, which is not necessarily the case with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, although you kind of need it still. We said there's not a lot of homework, but you still have to see like five movies before you see this to really get it. 
I mean, at the very least, the two Guardians of the Galaxy films, which is obvious. But you also kind of need to watch Endgame and Infinity War if you want to understand what's going on with Gamora mm-hmm. and where we last left them and maybe even the holiday special, although I think you could probably skip that one. If you haven't so, seen the holiday think- special and you don't care, we just find out that Mantis and Star-Lord are brother and sister, and that's really the only thing. Right, <laughs> essentially that's it. Um, but I, I just... I think yeah. that this is just an anomaly because we have a movie coming out. And maybe I'm not a representation of the general public. I'm I'm not, probably. The Flash movie is coming out, and there's baggage with Ezra Miller, obviously. Yeah. There's some pretty there's intense some pretty baggage. Heavy, pretty heavy baggage. But also the show Secret Invasion is coming out as well. David, I'm going to confess something to you right now. I don't give a darn. I am not excited about Secret Invasion. I don't even know what day it comes out. I I think it's soon. I, and I'm sure I'm going to watch it. But this is the problem. Is I'm just now decided, no, I'm going to watch this. I'll watch it because it's Marvel. And because just in case when I go to theaters to watch the Marvels, I'm going to need to see Secret Invasion first. And, yeah. you know, if I yeah. want to watch the big team-up movie in three years... You know, it's just, it, it it's, feels it's like not a like, train that I kind of want to get off, but I, I can't because I know that this is going to be important for me to stay on. So I just have to stick on the ride, even though I'm not having a good time. It's not like that anticipation for Mandalorian season two, when we stayed up till 3 a.m. on that Wednesday to watch that opening episode, because we just were so ecstatic. We could not wait. And it was just Mando. All you had to watch was Mando season one. Uh, and I, yeah, I think you're right. There's just a lot. Um, something I heard Amanda Dobbins say on the big picture was like, they're no longer making these movies for everyone. Like they have their audience. They have the people that have stuck with MCU to watch all of these movies and they're just making it for them now. And they understand that. Cause like if I, let's say Which I'm fine. 13. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. But let's say I'm 13 years old, never seen an MCU movie. So you're saying I need to watch 32 Marvel movies and the six MCU, like, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, there's no way I, I could do that and be able to comprehend. And I don't know. It's just, it's just too much. It's a tall order. Um, yeah. it's, it's too much. Which I think is why the box office is, is shrinking and going to continue to shrink. Because I think people, just every movie, there's a, just a, percent, a small percentage that just hops off and decides that's it for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that continually happens. It's happened with my own parents. My parents and I were opening weekend in the theater people for every MCU release. My parents have not seen an MCU movie in theaters, I think, in the last nine months. I don't even think they saw Love and Thunder in theaters. I believe that the last MCU film they saw in theaters could have possibly been no way home hmm. because they just don't care enough anymore. Yeah. And, and they're the, they're the kind of group of people that you want. If you want your movies to make billions now, not everything has to make billions, right? They, they, they don't, they're not all going to be in game level hits, but I think you're right. I think that when in game ended about 30% of the population decided, nah, I'm done. And they were brought back because Spider-Man is like one of those, the probably the only character in Marvel that transcends like what series they're in because it's just Spider-Man and everybody knows Spider-Man has a relationship to Spider-Man. It's like Batman, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's like Batman for DC. Everybody knows this, so it doesn't matter if they're attached to something, people watch that. But outside of Spider-Man, those people have not shown back up. They're not showing up for the Eternals. They didn't show up for the Black Widow movie. They're not showing up for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. They're not they're just not going because they just don't care anymore. Yeah. And again, that's not a bad thing. But I think that it's gonna force these companies to maybe reevaluate and Disney's already kind of reevaluated how they're going to release these movies, but it's going to have to force them to reevaluate even further. Where do they want to put their money? Well, yeah, I mean on the top 50 superhero movies, Guardians of the Galaxy volume three is 49th um, in its total gross. uh, And again, it's not done, but Marvel alone, it is 36th, which is like, it's the movie was so good, and it is the thirty sixth highest grossing Marvel movie behind Iron Man, which is you know behind Ant Man and the Wasp, Iron Man two, Thor Dark World. So like, I if this is if this movie comes out in let's if this movie comes out let's say let's if just this movie came for the out, sake of movies for forget the pandemic let's say it didn't happen twenty twenty a year after Endgame, I mean, it's is probably this making a top, over a bill. It's probably making it, yeah, over a billion dollars top 10 highest grossing superhero movie of all time, probably easily, you know, and this may not even hit top 20 of MCU movies, mm-hmm. even though MCU movie number 20 is like venom. Like that's just insane to me. Like, and people are done. People are tired. You know what? It's not. And, and people will say, well, people just don't go to movies anymore. Then explain top gun Maverick and avatar two to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like Avatar 2, a movie that people famously did not give a crap about prior to its release. Nobody cared about the Avatar franchise. It was actually had become such a common joke that it it started to become not true because everybody was like, who gives a crap about Avatar? And once you say who gives a crap about something enough, people didn't start to give a crap about it. That movie is what? The, is it now the second highest grossing film ever? The third highest grossing film ever behind only Endgame and the first one? Yeah, three. I, yeah, like, people, that, people show up. And that happened in, what, four months? Now you could say the same thing. How many of us are sitting here six months later and having conversations about Avatar 2? I don't know the last time somebody asked me what I thought about the film. But people showed up for it. Top Gun Maverick, yeah. same thing. People showed up for this movie. This movie that was a remake of an 80s film that, quite frankly, isn't that good. And people showed up yeah. for that reboot and it worked. So it's not just people aren't going to the movies anymore. It's that the MCU has lost its status, which this is, it doesn't mean it's the end of this. It, I think, and I'm kind of hoping it's the end of the dominance of, of the superhero genre, because mm-hmm. I think that we need, we need superhero movies with more care in them not superhero movies that come out just to what we talked about, set up the next one. I think when there's not as many superhero films, you get movies like Iron Man and the Dark Knight. And I think when there's an oversaturation, you get movies like Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. And so I'm hoping that maybe the less we get, the better we get. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think we're kind of, we've reached, we've crossed the peak and I think we're in, we're heading straight for the valley. Yeah. I mean, to prove your point, since kind of theaters reopened after the pandemic, four movies have entered in the top 25 highest grossing movies of all time. Way of Water at three, Spider-Man No Way Home at seven, 
uh, Top Gun Maverick at 12, and then this year, Super Mario Bros. is at 21 and climbing at 1.2 billion. So people definitely go to the theaters because those are four pretty different movies. They're not like vastly different, but they aren't just all, you know, Star Wars movies or they aren't just all MCU movies. So like, mm-hmm. that's not an issue. People will go to the theater if they care enough. And I don't think, like you've said this entire time, like we've been saying, I think people are starting to care less. Right. Right. But and I th- I don't think people care less. I mean people have cared less about movies for the last 30 years or so as part of a is what the center of our culture is and mostly that is because of the internet, right? But I don't think people care the people that are go- went to movies 4 years ago, 5 years ago before the pandemic. I think most of them are still going to movies now. They're yeah. maybe just not deciding that hey, do I want to spend if I'm only going to go to the movies once this month, which is probably the the frequency with which most people I would assume go to the movies if they do it all. If I'm going to go to the movies once this month, do I really want to go and pay money for this MCU film because I feel like I have to to do the homework, or do I want to look and see where else I can spend my money? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's. It, I mean, we got we got some films that are people are expecting big big hits that are duds, and other ones like. The, the film Evil Dead Rise was supposed to go straight to streaming. They got such positive reviews and whenever they were doing small premieres and test screenings for it, they decided to launch it. And it's now one of the highest grossing R-rated movies released since the pandemic. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's harder to predict, I think, what box office is going to do now than ever. But I don't, I, I think we both agree that there's not less people going to movies. There's just less people going to MCU movies. Yeah. And I think disclaimer, I think a lot of theaters shut down after the during the pandemic and never reopened. So I do understand there's probably just technically less theaters open, mm-hmm. you know, than than in 2019. And you know, some may never open up. Some will probably, you know, replace those theaters hopefully. So there is a reality in that, but um yeah. Movies are movies are still kicking, and I think this one is. It was very good. So, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Volume Three is my favorite watch uh, of the month. All right, uh, I will go with a film that um, it, it's just it's it doesn't have anything to do with the conversation we just had because this is a movie that there's no possible way I could have seen in theaters when it came out, as it was released in the fifties. Um, David Star Wars. The fifties. Also, that 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 watch of Star Wars that I had on May the fourth was possibly the twentieth time I've seen that movie. Like it was not so off topic. No way, the first. So off topic. If you could go back and watch a movie for the first time in theaters that you never got to watch in theaters, what movie would it be? That might be a whole other pod, but I was just like, dude, like, I yeah, don't know. let's save that. That's a pod. That's a that is a that is literally a whole pod. Save that. Uh, bet, bet. Okay, okay. But David, I want to ask you a question before I get into this. What is your relationship to Marilyn Monroe? When I say the name Marilyn Monroe, what do you generally think about? Star, icon, um. Honestly, I think of like pushing it inappropriate kind of for her time was like the little risky the one, the risky. There it is. The risky, little frisky. Yeah. So, the, but, but an icon and star nonetheless, like, you know, 
talked okay. about. Movies are being made still to this day about her. Right. Uh, that's the same thing I thought. And this is not, don't take this as an attack because I had never seen one of her films. Have you ever seen a Marilyn Monroe film? No. Right. And so I was the same way. And so my my relationship to her, I also, you didn't mention this, but uh, I think of the of the baggage with the Kennedys a lot. That's, that's oh, a very yeah, common yeah, yeah. conspiracy surrounding her death and then also just her relationship with JFK and things like that. And so that's, I, I thought foolishly, and, I, and I've learned a little bit more about Marilyn Monroe, but for the most part, I thought Marilyn Monroe was famous because she was the first kind of it girl celebrity and um, because she's one of the most, I, this, is, I, this isn't a statement of fact because it is inherently an opinion, although I think this is almost as close you can get to as a consensus agreement. One of the most stunningly beautiful women I, I, that's ever been photographed. Like it, Marilyn Monroe, just it's amazing. And you could tell when she's on the screen. But I was like, I need to see a film because I need to understand. And so I watched some like it hot uh, about two weeks ago which is a 1959 kind of screwball um, comedy about two musicians who are, witnessed the um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which is a very famous uh, mob hit um, in American history. And in order to flee this, they join a traveling all-female band, and they dress in drag, and they try to disguise themselves. It's a screwball comedy slash rom-com um, and it's, it's incredibly effective and it's incredibly effective for multiple reasons, but the, the chief among them is Marilyn Monroe. Uh, first of all, she's uh, unbelievably charming in, in every interaction. Um, there's, she's kind of playing obviously on her persona as like a, a floozy, right? This is like a classic kind of character in these films mm-hmm. where she's like, the one who's too dumb to realize that the girls that she's with are actually just grown men hiding out, that their voices aren't even that convincing, that they accidentally screw up and, and reveal their identities multiple times, but she's just too dumb to realize it. But there's also like just a kind of a willful ignorance there where you can tell that she knows something's off, but she's so such a kind-hearted person and such a loving person that she just doesn't care, and she's just willing mm-hmm. to accept them for whoever they are. She's hilarious. Marilyn Monroe is hilarious in this film. Mm. Has some of the best comedic timing I've ever seen in a movie. I and like I think that the true testament to how great she was, um, and I gave this film four and a half stars because I, I mm. really, really enjoyed it, is that when she wasn't on screen, I was like, where's Marilyn at? Like the whole time. I was like, give me Marilyn. And, and that's mm. not because the... Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, two fantastic actors, and the script was great, weren't enough to carry a movie. It's just that Marilyn Monroe was so good in this film that I was legitimately sad whenever she wasn't on screen. Hmm. I mean, it's she's fantastic. And so I would like to say, I would like to apologize for if I have ever disparaged Marilyn Monroe or called her overrated. And I would just like to say that I get it. That she truly was amazing. Um, and, and she doesn't have that many films that people, you know, would put in the kind of pantheon of great ones. It's really Some Like It Hot and another movie that's been on my watch list forever, all about Eve. Um, 
And, and and she's in a lot of other ones that people have heard of, but aren't really well revered. Um, but I, I would like to say that I get it. And then I kind of just wish that Marilyn Monroe was an actor today when they wrote more parts for women and better parts for women, mm-hmm. because I think that we would likely consider her in the echelon of the all time great actresses because she would have parts written for her that would showcase her talents. So, yeah, I think people, even I forget that she was an actress. Um, I mean, you just look at her, um, the, the films she stars in, I can't think of the exact terminology, but you know, on Letterboxd, she's been in 105 films, maybe probably not all movies, some documentaries, but I mean, North of 60 is impressive, you know? So like, it wasn't like she was, Oh, the, you know, the, the, the attractive popular one in Hollywood and made a couple appearances in movies. Like 105 is a pretty tall number. So like, I think people forget she was like an actual actress, you know? Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. all about Eve. I, yeah. I there's a couple in a- here. That's like, yep. I recognize that. Yep. I recognize that, you know, it's unfortunate that while well, mostly not just her personal life, um, has been dissected over and over again by just countless historians or just the general public at large, but that she's become one of those people where the tragedy of her death and the kind of um, the other things in her personal life have kind of eclipsed what her actual career was and, and what she became famous for. And that's happened because of all the scandals with the Kennedys and because of, you know, the conspiracy theories surrounding her death. Um, and even things like, you know, the, the, the fact that she became a sex symbol and, and Playboy and all that other stuff, that's all eclipsed. So we don't think about her just as an actress. Mm. Um, but she was great at that. She was amazing at that. Uh, but she really was one of the first people to just she was just famous because she was famous. Like she wasn't famous because she was a, just a great actor. She was just a famous person. And I think that that has kind of muddied the waters a little bit in terms of what really made her successful. And mm-hmm. so I would encourage people, if you haven't seen some like it hot, I would definitely recommend you watch it. But even if you have go back and rewatch it and just remind yourself why Marilyn Monroe was put on this pedestal in the first place. And it's pretty evident. And about, 10 minutes of screen time for her. Yeah. This movie was nominated for six Oscars, uh, including Jack Lemmon, best actor in a leading role, Billy Wilder, best director, uh, best writing screenplay, cinematography, best art direction, set direction, and at one in best costume design. Um, so, I mean, Hey, seven nominations for a movie. Like that's, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and to, to win one alone. So, um, yeah, again, I've not seen this. I'm assuming this feels like an HBO Max movie, but I mean, I could be wrong. Yep. Yeah. That's where I saw it. Classic. Sorry, 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 sorry. Don't sue. Uh, this feels like a Max movie. Yeah, they just changed that today, didn't they? Yeah, I don't. What, no. Dude, that's like... Sorry, are we done with that? Because I'll move on if, if we're finished yeah, with that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like people see HBO and they see HBO. Like that's, that's their thing. That's their symbol. So why just max? No one knows what max is unless you're already a part of HBO. Well, it's so weird to take a brand that everybody trusts that is 
quite possibly one of the like last true just revered brands in in entertainment and that like if hbo puts it out generally it's really good and like that's what we all Mm -hmm. come to expect and to take that a a brand that has so much goodwill with public sentiment and be like we're uh, yeah we're gonna name our streaming app something different we're gonna remove the hbo marketing from our streaming app makes no sense I just, I don't get it. And I, there's the desire for everybody to just consolidate, right? And let's make one app. Are your, how many people are, are really like, gosh, I hate that whenever I'm watching Animal Planet, I then have to switch to the HBO app so I can watch the new episode of Succession. Like how, how many people is that truly affecting? Yeah. I I Uh, don't, I don't get it. I, I really don't. So I, I, yeah, I think that's. I think it's a dumb move. I'm not going to stop using the app, but I just, I just yeah. think it's dumb. For those who don't know, uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus are blending. I'm assuming HBO Max maybe it, it was a merge, or maybe HBO bought Discovery well, Plus. But they're Disco- it's the other way around. Discovery bought Warner Media, and so oh Discovery wow, okay, owns okay. HBO. Warner's. Warner will still release movies to HBO. This says like even the new Shazam today was released to HBO. So you'll still kind of get those like, like Oppenheimer feels like a movie. Barbie, I know is like, we'll go to HBO. Like some of these big name movies that will still continue, but it's now just max and it's blue instead of purple, which I don't know. I, yep. Which purple is cooler than blue. Blue is pretty basic color. I, this is mm-hmm. dumb, right? Like the, Nobody, the same content is going to be there. I just don't, I just don't know who this is for. What's, and I just think it's dumb to yeah. drop the HBO. Also, I got on the app and I have to like relearn it now, which is not a big deal, but I just knew where to go with this HBO map, Max app and now I got to relearn it. Yeah. Is my continue watching gone? Cause how am I going to figure out, you know? No, I don't think it is. Although now your list and your continue watching is now the second bar over instead of like your profile and then another click they understand how important your watch list is so that is I, nice i guess uh i won't lie to you david um i have never once in my life used a watch list on a streaming app ever really so, oh i'm always yeah. like adding movies that i want to watch so i mm-hmm. know bro mm-hmm. how else do you know it would what what do you mean how else do i know i have a memory also, I have another app for that. I have a, I have Letterbox for that if I want to have something on my watch list. Otherwise, it just sits there. I'm cluttering my screen. That's why I can't stand. I don't. Uh, this is a. This will be the ending segue of the podcast. To those of you that just have eleven things and you're continue watching that are just partially watched, what the hell are you doing with your life? Either yeah, I finish it or get rid of it. I d- I just don't understand the people that like. Yeah, I got four movies and three shows just in the queue on Netflix. Like. Half watch movies, very yeah. all in various states of completion. Like it, either just just watch the rest of the dang sh- show or dang movie and move on, or just delete it from the continue watching. You you animals have created just unnecessary <laughs> clutter in your lives. What are you doing? I just don't. Yeah, care. I just don't understand it. Yeah, that's that gives me anxiety. Seeing like six or seven unfinished movies, like nah, bro. If I'm starting a movie, I'm finishing it without a oh, question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm a I'm a real I'm a true American, and, and true mm. Americans don't believe in leftovers because they eat all their food, and they mm. don't believe in things stuck in the continue watching because they watch their movies to the very end. 
even if they have to suffer through them, like I had to suffer through Tall Girl too. Because we care about art and its right. basic nature. Cinema. Mm. Cinema. Mm. Bro, speaking of cinema, another rabbit hole. This Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. I really, like, I was going to watch it because of Leo and Martin, but I saw the trailer and that just, like, jumped, like, seven movies in my, like, this might be, like, top five most anticipated movie of the year, just seeing the trailer. I'm like, this might be actually really, I'm, really good. I'm so excited for that movie that I might even read a whole book because it is a book. But I'm mm-hmm. also having the debate of do I want to read the book and know what happens or do I want to just watch the movie and be surprised? I'd watch you know? the movie first. Fresh. Just yeah, well, boom. The, Martin, the what are you is, giving me? The you movie know? is four hours, so I can't imagine after the four-hour movie I'm going to decide that I now want to read the book. I don't know. Yeah. This is a debate I'm going to have to have with myself until... When does that movie come out? Like November? I think it's being Something released. like that. It's also an Apple TV Plus movie, but they have said they're going to show it in theaters, which is good because okay. I'm not watching that for the first time on my freaking television in my life. Dude, putting a Martin Scorsese movie direct to streaming service would be the biggest L of this decade. Yeah, it's not like they ever have ever done that before. They definitely didn't do that with a Netflix film called The Irishman. Wait, oh, they did. What year did that come out? Didn't that come out in 20? 19, 2019. Oh. They knew something, dude. That's why they didn't do it. Yeah, okay. So David's new conspiracy theory is that <laughs> created the coronavirus. Um, you, can, <laughs> you, can find, you can find David testifying um, before the uh, U.S. Congress uh, on this issue um, next week. So stick around for that. Mm. Do it. Cool. Do it. Really perfect. Good segue here, actually. I don't know. We keep we do this all the time, but um, this has been our first best, first worst and best, best. watches of the week. Yeah, that was what right, I, but... <laughs> I did not make say that right at all. Our best, best and worst and worst first, first watches. watches of May, of May, not of the week. Uh, but it has been on. What do you want to watch? I know that for sure. Yeah. Thank y'all for listening. Hey, never forget to share us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You know, you like it. Share it with your friends. Uh, We love doing this, and we want people to hear it. So thank y'all for listening, and we will talk to y'all later. TikTok, Reddit, Cash App, Zell, MySpace, Outlook, Gmail. Group group me. Slack. Yeah. All right. Bye. (laughs) Not, Not kick. Don't share us on kick. Please don't.